1: Pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and
2: money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks.
1: Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. And welcome to all our listeners to the and Guru podcast. I'm very excited about uh, our guest today. We're welcoming today... The newly appointed or recently appointed VP of Publicist Media Group, that is a group, of course, with an E, a very well-known personality in, in South Africa. Celia Collins, thank you so much for the time. I mean,
0: Brilliant. Great to see you again.
1: You, you've been in that position, what, for about two, three, two months now?
0: Two months, two, eight, eight weeks. Eight it's weeks. my eighth week.
1: You're looking remarkably well for somebody <laughs> who's just <laughs> been put in the hot seat for, for, for two months.
0: It's fresh, it's vibey, it's entrepreneurial.
1: Wonderful. I, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, but I, I do have to start with a, with a really serious question here. And I, I, and I know you, you, you're well versed in, in, in all aspects of, of the industry. But do you know the difference? Because this is a football show and this is an Arsenal <laughs> supporter show. Uh-oh. Do you know here the difference between Liverpool and a samosa?
0: No, I
1: don't. Uh, Samusa's got three points. <laughs> so sorry about that, Colin Ramperson. I, I just couldn't resist it after the flack you guys gave me last year. But coming back to our guest and and, and the point of our discussion today. Celia, I mean, our paths crossed uh, for the first time back when you were Deputy Media Director of Starcom when in the back in the days when That's Gordon right. Patterson and I were G1 and G2 interchangeably. So... To a degree, this is a return to your agency alma mater, but it's been an interesting journey in between Uh, managing director at Karat, director of Dentsu, Aegis, Amplifier, most recently GM of of OMG. Before we talk about the new initiative and, and your new vision, tell us a bit about that journey because that's a fascinating journey in and of itself.
0: Absolutely, and I think, you know, being mentored by G1 or G2 was my foundation and really anchored me in media and how I was to go forward. My journey, once again, I've been given absolutely phenomenal opportunities in each of the agencies. And if I look at my my career path, per se, I've learned about Africa when I started in the industry. I then started learning about how to take strategy into Africa. Once I had that under my belt, and started learning more about how procurement was starting to come in and starting to cost models. I was made um, MD of CARA, which taught me how to run an agency and actually cost resources in a time of a declining agency. And it set me up very substantially on how you actually need to look at automation. How do you look at your back end? And if you don't have efficiencies and effectiveness, what do you as an agency, or what are you actually able to offer clients? And what does that mean going forward? So CARA was really a foundation of how to run an agency, what good look like and then moving into a central role and making sure that digital was at the core of everything that we did within Dentsu. So really good foundations on digital and getting into the nuts and bolts of digital, which gave me my foundation on digital. Once I um, ended at Dentsu and moved across to OMD, once again, very differently run agency and opening up my mind to what the possibilities were and how to integrate and what the different tools were. As much as we say we're unique in every agency, the tools do pretty much the same thing, but it's how you actually take a media agency and sell it into client, which most of the time as media agencies we're not very good at. How do we package products to actually take to client, to give that value to client? outside of procurement. Now at Publicis, I'm back into the creative. And I do believe I've gone full circle when media agencies were pulling away from creative agencies and becoming their own entity. It served a purpose. But I do think with COVID, having a holistic offering and the integration of how media and creative actually drive value and drive performance it's an area I believe that the the industry has to get back into media agencies have to start understanding what is driving performance if it's not the platform how do you, do you change the creative how do you look at the correct audiences properly which then makes us look at the bigger picture from a data perspective
1: yeah I mean I think there's so many points there's hard to know where, where to begin um, but I mean I know that through this sort of 20-plus-ish yep. you know, kind of journey. Africa has been a, a really critical part of it. And, and, and you probably, in terms of your pan-African um, kind of journey, one of the strongest players on a personal level, let alone the, country, uh, the, your, the company you're working with. Now, we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's interesting, you talked about value and performance. And that's very refreshing to me because so much of the media narrative is driven by price. Yes. It's not to say that a robust procurement isn't crucial, but it, it, it's really interesting that you, you you swing the conversation to value and performance and Absolutely. ultimately attribution.
0: How How do you measure a brand's performance when you're only measured on price? Are you driving the right KPIs for the actual brand? What happens if the brand takes a new direction because the audiences are going in that direction? But because you can't deliver on procurement, then you're a bad agency. So you've got to be able to add in that performance and be fluid enough to actually change those KPIs. Now, how do you take the the Accentures and the Deloitte's along that journey with you? How do you make them more adjustable, more fluid, more agile to come along the marketing journey with us? And I do believe in the next 10 years, we're going to see those type of companies actually growing and becoming a lot more adjustable, it's not only going to be price on what they balance Mm -hmm. an agency out of.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for me, um, you shared some amazing uh, stats with me um, in the preparation for our discussion from Forrest, and we'll talk about those uh, later on, but it's the continued performance of the previous bean counters like Accenture in 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 the, in the lead on the creative front, that that fascinates me. How they have managed to adapt into the creative space. So we'll see we'll see where that uh, journey takes us. But in a strange way, I was going to ask you. You know, when you think back over the past twenty years, uh, what's changed? What's stayed the same? But you're describing a narrative which is almost going back to what I still think of as as my golden days, the one-stop shop. Is that what's changed, that we've gone full circle?
0: Almost. I mean, it was a fascinating question. When you first asked me, I thought, but how could you ask that question? Everything's changed. But has it? So if you have a look at the platforms on which we utilize, absolutely, it's continuously changing. If we have a look at research, has that changed with the agility of what platforms have changed. The answer is no. Do we still measure ATL on the same platforms that we did 20 years ago? Absolutely. Do we measure digital on those same platforms? Absolutely not. So if we as an industry want to change and want to change at the rate of platforms are changing, we have to change our outlook to have a common currency. So you talk about Accenture being able to measure a creative platform versus a media platform. If we don't have a common currency, we're never going to get there and it's never going to be a platform that you can measure and measure between the brand funnel, whether the brand funnel's going up or down, Mm -hmm. whether we're looking at e-commerce, what is driving your KPI? So measurement for me absolutely has to fundamentally change in the way we think about it. We've got old data in this day and age, people are online. How do we capture that ongoing change on an mm, ongoing basis, mm. in a fluid basis versus a stagnated basis?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the uh, the common currency is critical and, and uh, on this show, I'm a big fan of the World Federation of Advertisers. They produce some of the most readable, yes. valuable insights. Uh, this markets ever seen but their uh north star initiative and cross media management or measurement rather is critical it is all about Absolutely. the common currency and you know, i just hope going forward if if i look at the brc and the prc and the mrf that they take note on the individual journeys of, of the, the importance of coming back to, co- to common Absolutely. currencies, not least of all a common socio-economic, uh, you know, sort of segmentation yeah. currency because we've still got LSM, we've got SEM, the MRF is now talking now about an alternative currency. If I go to TGR, they have a currency uh, in terms of market segmentation, but common currency is crucial.
0: Absolutely. And I think, as I was chatting to you earlier, it's about trust. We've all gone our separate ways and the media owners have created their own currency and what we need from agencies is the media owner and the agencies coming back together to making sure that we've got that common currency. Mm -hmm. We can't keep going off and willy-nilly spending money, which there is not a lot of at the moment, and. Not having that cur- common currency on the table, we have to start trusting each other again, to come together and create that common currency. Yeah. I yeah. have seen a system where it's it's based in London. It's been tested out of Israel, where they've got a common currency. Whether it's the right currency, I think, is yet to be defined. Yeah. But it's taken television and radio into impressions and impacts. Yes. So it starts telling one story, and if there's something to be learned from that, I think we need to take that on board as South Africa and Africa per se.
1: I think that's a profound observation, so I mean, I've always, well, most recently argued that there's too much emphasis on the reliability of, of, of measurement and research in a silo, not enough referencing of the validity, you know. So, you know, we think we're measuring something because it, it, we've achieved the same level of accuracy 10 measures in a row. But if we're not actually measuring, you know, um, what it really is, you know, that's the, the validity aspect of it. Are we sure when we talk about listening that we're actually measuring listening and not hearing? That Correct. when we talk about measuring uh, viewing, we're measuring, you know, viewing versus watching, you know, it's not. So much of the, the, the research is still based on that outdated concept of the lean and media experience rather than a, its peripheral. We,
0: we talk about that audiences have changed. So why is we as a marketing industry haven't changed with those audiences? Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, I'm on the same page as you.
1: Well, coming back to uh, you know, the new adventure now, um, your position as VP of Publicist Media Group with an E. I'm paying attention <laughs> Publicis to... to uh, Publicis the French pub- uh, Well, I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> I mean, I think I've already damaged my reputation with the samosa joke, so... Uh, but, I mean, looking at publicists, one continent, 36 countries, 63 agencies. Tell us a bit about the publicist Media Group, because um, rightly or wrongly, my perception has been that they've been a bit invisible. So I, I'm kind of more familiar with the constituent elements of the group rather than the collective whole. Take, tell, take us through, you know, what the group is all about
0: so over the past few years publicists have been redeveloping what their offering is about four years ago they put a new concept on the table and they took a five year bet on where agencies actually have to go now media is only one segment of it Creative is only one segment of it. Publicis have built a model over the last three, four years that incorporates every single aspect of the marketing spectrum. So whether it's CRM data, whether it's activation data, creative data, special digital data, how do we take retail data and how do we create a holistic offering to take to client that is succinct and based in insights? What I believe the industry has done as a whole have gone back to facts. We've forgotten about what a real insight actually stands for. And that is what publicists have built and been building and is actually winning for them over the past five years. So where there were skeptics five years ago or four years ago when they put this on the table and they said it's never going to work bringing the whole marketing spectrum together, I think they're proving the world wrong and that it's actually a very good bet to bring everyone back, to be able to collaborate and see not only one part of a model, it's got a lot of interlinked models that need to work and media actually need to understand. So that's what's been building. Yes, they may be in the background, but now they're ready to go out strong and bold.
1: Well, you know, I mean, when you, when you shared this with me uh, a while back, you know, I was trying to get my head around that you know, to what degree was this just another piece of posturing and the more i've kind of probed the more i've realized the, the the incredible wisdom in it so uh recently you know you you've all and we'll talk about the uh, Forester report performed mm. incredibly well uh, across the range but in looking at the Forester report on uh on management uh, in in the industry or wave report for quarter 3 2022 so we, we're yes. it's right up to date yep i couldn't help noticing on the scorecard that uh, there 's an offering which includes media planning, media buying, and then a whole range of other things which which i'm sure you you will talk to and you know because in my day there was media planning and there was media buying, but on the Forrester scorecard, media planning and media buying constitutes twenty yes. percent of, of, of the score, and the other eighty is made up by things that you 've been talking about retail media e commerce media, intelligence and insights, optimization operations, privacy resources all of that so part of the uh, you know the uh, one continent 36 countries 63 agencies presumably unpacks those layered offerings
0: absolutely 100% so without having content and being able to be a media first agency, Mm -hmm. you're not able to direct where the content should be going against the KPIs that are set. And you're not able to activate in a succinct way. It sits outside of the marketing realm. So how do you bring that and integrate it into media? How do you integrate those BLS studies, the data that you're getting from CRM from a retail perspective? and actually give the insight that the client is looking for. We know from a brand side and brand managers are inundated with research that they actually can't get to. How do they actually use their data on first party data? Who's Mm -hmm. got it right? I'm not sure anyone's actually got it right yet. But the way publicists have set themselves up for the future is to ensure that we've got every single aspect and we're able to give a holistic 360 view of what is required from a client side.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, um, as you were talking, I suddenly realized uh, I contributed a chapter to the University of Cape Town um, Marketing to South African Consumers yeah. eBook, which we've often referenced, and now over 70,000 downloads globally. That's fantastic. And as you spoke, I suddenly realized, you know, I, I, I broke it down into the four C's of uh, media planning consumer, uh, channel, content, and context. So if you're not bringing context and content right up front um, which again comes back to the full service agency because as a media planner back in the day what I started with was the creative concept. Correct. And I lost, you know, we lost sort of 40 years arguing about who who Reaction. was more important and who, you know, but ultimately <laughs> the consumer is the most important. So you've got to go back to the messaging. And that you, you, if you are the, the initial primary source of the messaging Correct. or whether you're working with a creative agency that is the primary source, that still remains the, the beginning of exactly. the process.
0: I mean, what are we all here for? We're here to grow clients brands and if you don't have context you're not able to do that you're going to be an island unto yourself Mm. and your communication strategy is not not going to interlink into your media strategy and if you're talking off different insights are the two ever going to meet you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity Media.
1: Yeah. And so uh, uh, that, I guess, plays into the the, the vision statement, at which you referenced uh, uh, already, the the power of one uh, as a core vision. How, how does that you know, play out, particularly in the Pan-African context? And as the the new VP, how does that play out in terms of your own vision of how, how things should work against this multi-layered offering, uh, you know, which has gone so much further than anything we did back yeah. uh, uh, in our day?
0: It's interesting. I think as South Africans sometimes we see Africa as another continent to to where we are. But when you think as Africa as a continent, how do we all come together as Africa and create something uniquely African? Mm. How do we actually customize what we've learned from global and what drives growth? And how do we change that to bring back onto the African continent? So it's about looking at where certain skills sit. And if certain skills sit within Kenya, we know Kenya is that much more advanced than South Africa and digital. Why not use those resources to teach people in South Africa, to grow people in South Africa? It's the same in Nigeria. Their population far outweighs the population. And how do you actually segment properly in a massive, massive population? We can learn a thing or two. So it then takes us to the next conversation is, how do you look at offshoring? How do you look at onshoring? Is offshoring that bad? And how do you take offshoring and ensure that we've got the people and train the people in South Africa? to have that context and content and be able to take South Africa forward in our own context.
1: So, I mean, that, that discussion of offshoring and onshoring or, or reshoring now um, is is fascinating for me because I, I would argue that there was a time when South Africa was the offshore for the rest of Africa. Much of the media uh, thinking and, and uh, productivity happened here. We had... Young people coming from all over the continent to attend a, a, a master workshops and things like that, but I'm not so sure that that's that's happening. And you've talked about Kenya. I've seen, and we've had guests from Nigeria. Some of the quality of thinking, insights is extraordinary. How, how did we lose the high ground? I mean, what have we done um, to lose the high ground in terms of being the the offshore? And and how do we get it back again? What What do we need to do to facilitate? growth for for the current generation of young people in media.
0: I think we as marketers in South Africa have been too complacent in terms of keeping ATL specialists versus digital specialists. And we haven't trained enough, I call them unicorns, from a South African context, but where can you find that agnostic approach? And what happened in Kenya, they became irrelevant on ATL. So it pushed them into a fundamental of learning digital, no matter what you did. And they hop, skip, and jumped us. Whereas we were quite complacent to leave digital in a corner and not have to Mm, learn it. mm. And Kenya and Nigeria overtook us in the agnostic thinking. So fundamentally, we have to change the way we as South Africans think, especially in the marketing industry, to say, what drives television? What drives digital? And, and how do you interlink those? Yeah. I mean, the biggest learning is Kenya went outside and offshore digital. They trained their people up. They gave them as much tech as possible to actually drive that progressive growth. Whereas in South Africa, we've almost leant on our global counterparts to press down what technology we should be using instead of leading the conversation. So we need to learn from our offshore counterparts, whether it's from Kenya, Nigeria, Europe, London, Spain, wherever it may be, and actually take that learning on and grow our people a lot more to take that step going forward. That's not to say South Africa is is not the be-all and end-all of offshoring for other elements Mm, so mm. content publicists do the content for two global clients within south africa they've built studios and they're building another another three or four studios in-house so they are elements of excellence and core excellence but i think as media we actually need to learn from the rest of the world on how to learn and what digital yeah. actually means going forward.
1: And it's interesting for me that uh, looking at that Forrester report uh, again, that um, you, you perform well. You're a leader in the area as where I would expect you to be a leader. So media management, you're a strong leader in that regard. Uh, data strategy and activation, a strong leader. But you're also up there as a strong performer in the creative and content space, along with. Uh, worldwide contenders like Leo Burnett, which is one of the most famous creative agencies of all, you know, of of all. Um, So I think that's intriguing that, you know, first of all, somebody's put you on a creative uh, performer (laughs) map, but that you're up there contending from a strong media base, that's very reassuring.
0: And, And I think if media people don't incorporate creative again, and actually don't learn what creative is all about they're going to be left out like digital and offshoring won't become the core excellence of mm, what we mm. have we're going to have to learn from them again so rather be on the front foot learn up front and get the core excellence back into our market
1: yeah yeah so just to digress because uh to share with my my uh, our listeners out there that uh, I'm normally in the early, I set up because it takes me forever to actually get you know, the recording studio <laughs> set up, but you you pipped me to the post, <laughs> you were in you having another meeting, so clearly you, you're, you're not hashtag working from home all the no. time. So if the center of this thing is learning and exchange and bouncing ideas, how, how do we encourage young people not to work from home all the time? I mean... Can you work from home and have this kind of holistic, all-rounded kind of mindset of exchange and innovation um, and, and catalytic, you know, sort of conversations?
0: I'm, I'm a skeptic. I've got a lot of people within Publicis who say I need to let go a little bit more, but my philosophy is all about collaboration. And if you're not talking to a person face to face, you're not having the true conversation. It's so easy to bum off an email and expect people just to do, but do they actually understand what you're asking about? And if you're not able to collaborate with all the different parts of the moving metrics on the marketing scale, how do you bring that all together? Do you actually fully understand? And my belief is the more that people actually work from home, the less they're going to want to integrate into a holistic offering. So, what is that scale of mm. balance? You yeah. know, when we talk, we had a robust conversation in the office the other day, actually, about this. We all work in open plan offices, mm. Mm. and and by bringing everyone back, it creates vibe and it's fantastic, and it creates collaboration. But there are certain times where you need quiet spaces. Yeah. And I think those are the times where you should be allowing your employees to actually go and work from home from that quiet time. Yes, But when you need to come in and collaborate, it's absolutely fundamental c- to come face to face to actually understand. There are a lot of people who can learn books, who can read through books, understand everything, mm-hmm. but to put it into context and actual physical working, unless you have someone on the side, I mean, I'm, I'm one for shouting, how do I do this on Excel mm. in the office? And I love all the different things that fly at me. Yeah. That's how I learned yeah. to do all the different tricks. And, and I think we've lost that a little bit and we've become untrusting of people. Mm. And we've got to get that trust back in collaboration. We tend to want to keep everything to ourselves because it means I'm then secure within my job. Yeah. No one knows yeah. what I do, and and I'm secure. But how are we going to grow if we're not integrating all of those mm. conversations? Mm.
1: And, and and you know, when you're talking about trust, I mean, you know, when you get yourself into that kind of space, it seems to me self-evident that the person you trust least of all is yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it's in the in the front page of, of one of my textbooks um, in, the, in the inner leaf where I've just said, you know, if you truly believe you'll learn something new uh, tomorrow, you'll never be afraid to share what you learned today. Okay. The only reason I wouldn't share what I know is because I'm afraid I'm not going to learn anything new. So lack of trust in yourself is very sad. But in that equation, and I get it, media people do need time to crunch numbers and just look at a. A raw set of data and 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 try and connect the dots intellectually but you know it's the absence of the f word which i'm kind of finding interesting <laughs> and no not that one um fun yep Look, where's Absolutely. F- where, where do you have fun on your own uh, the reason i've stayed in advertising for over 40 years is is primarily because of the people i find i'm constantly being challenged amused
0: Exactly, berated.
1: You know, there's never a quiet day. I'm getting it both barrels, one way or the other, either a thumbs up or a thumb down, and that keeps me vibrant grounded. and alive, and grounded, yeah.
0: and and learning something every day. I mean, if if you stay at home, and I know we talk about work-life balance, and I've I've read numerous articles about how people are moving to 100% work from home. How do you create that culture? Mm, How mm. do you create that fun? Yes, the work-life balance needs to come in, but you still need to understand what marketing is about. How do you you talk about innovation where you don't see innovation every day when you're stuck at home? So, we've also got into such a bad habit of having numerous Teams calls or conference calls mm. one after the other. Yep. You cannot provoke any thoughts. You're not collaborative and you don't have time to question that person on a call. Because yep. you're jumping straight onto the next call. You can't formulate the questions you need in your head because you're jumping from one subject to the other. You need to have a purpose so for instance we've chosen um, choose collaboration on a Tuesday so to come into the office on a Tuesday and actually choose to collaborate with which teams you want to. That is fundamentally going into someone else's space mm, and mm. asking questions.
1: That, that's fascinating. I love it. And I think that, you know, uh, leads us to the next question. I'm more of a Puzo Thursday man myself, <laughs> but but there we go. But, um, drive
0: and drive Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh,
1: in the past, agencies or many media agencies differentiated themselves with proprietary tools. Yeah. And as I look at your menu of offerings now and the Forest Report, I realise that those proprietary tools were still kind of stuck in media planning and buying. So how do you differentiate now? Um, Thinking of your your, sort of Collaborate Tuesdays, I mean, one of the things globally you have is uh, the Marcel Talent Room, which I'm, I'm assuming is named after Marcel Levy. Absolutely. Um, h- h- how does that work? Is that a global exchange so platform? So
0: it's a global exchange platform. It's not only an exchange platform, but it's a learning platform. Mm. So what have certain countries learned? What are the the playbooks that they put mm. together on what they've learned on certain aspects? So it doesn't only create... Um, do learning on creative or strategy or comm strategy, it's diverse enough that you can actually learn to go into a different space in media to excite. It teaches you exactly what innovation is. And you're able to jump on a platform, not on a Teams platform where you bang someone a message and say, do you have any data on this? But to actually go through all the different countries' data and take it and make it unique to yourself.
1: It's, it seems so self-evident. One of the great joys for me of working on on some of the bigger, you know, global accounts like mm. P&G and Unilever is the incredible learnings that that are shared, you know, from central sort of yep. walled gardens, um, and, and they're really really helpful in, in terms of of what to do locally. How do you take a global principle and apply it locally? I mean, I, I've argued always there there are three possible outcomes to any campaign. It works. Yep it doesn't work, and I don't know. If you're not sharing ideas globally, how do you ever get out of the I don't know what works or not? And
0: do you ever want to be in the I don't know space? You don't.
1: It's the one space, funny enough, you don't want to be. Yeah, (laughs) Because even even it doesn't work gives you clues in terms of how to respond. Why didn't it work? What do I need to do to adjust it and implement? So feedback, whether positive or negative, is good, but no feedback at all you will but, stagnate
0: but also when you're getting stuck in and, and you're at home how do you then participate and find a solution by reaching out on the Moselle platform mm. you'll have a hundred responses love, it. love it. So i love that
1: idea it's, it's really super yeah so look as we as we i'm conscious of time and uh you know looking at the road ahead i mean and and thinking in terms of or framing your answers uh, in terms of encouragement to young people coming into the industry. What do you see as the big challenges? What are the big opportunities for yourselves as a group and just generally for South Africa as a media market embracing the Pan-African continent and, and some kind of encouragement and, and you know uh, kind of a help up, a shoe up for, for young people? What do we do collectively to make sure we are globally competitive again?
0: I think people have almost seen advertising as an invasion instead of seeing it as an opportunity to sell. Mm. So you've got salespeople and people love selling. You've got mathematicians in the accounting world, in the data world. As an industry, as marketing, we've got that all encompassed in one. And to be able to be fluid, to jump from one to the other, actually, helps you grow a lot further than what you would do in accounting. You're not doing the same thing every single time. So when we talk about audiences changing all the time and the youngsters changing their, their mindsets all of the time, marketing actually really fits well with that change of mindset. I would encourage youngsters to come into our industry understand certain segments, look at the mathematical and the Mm, data mm, science mm, behind what drives a sale. How do you build a product to actually help clients growth? How do you grow brands? So for me, it's a really exciting industry on what we're able to offer youngsters coming in. And what I would encourage them to do Certainly through Publicis, we've got global scale, we've got global interaction, so it not only helps you look at a South African market, it helps you look at an African market, plus a global scale and look at nuances, so the world is your oyster, so you hear that so often and they say, yes, but I can't get there. You can get there. Yeah. Put your mind to it. Learn from people around the world, around the African continent, and keep pushing yourself to learn something new every day.
1: I I I think that's such a wonderful wrap up in the show, and I'm going to 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 call it the wrap up. Um, if, when I think about what you've said, you know, I'm trying to find an analogy in in my yeah. mind. It's like if you don't do um, what Celia's just advised, we do. It's like going to the library and always visiting the same aisle. You've got to you've got to go into the library and explore every aisle. Uh, you know, if you normally read science fiction, sometimes you should go through and read a novel <laughs> or, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, just uh, just explore because the access to data is extraordinary. I mean, I've been working from home for for twenty five years, yep. so it, it's kind of lost its appeal. But one of the wonderful things about working from home for me now yes. is access to information. Yeah, there's just an incredible amount of wiki information out there.
0: But knowledge is power, so why not arm yourself with knowledge?
1: Guys, what can I say? Knowledge is power. Arm yourself with knowledge, Celia. This has been fantastic. Really exciting for me to see uh, homegrown talent. You know, at the peak. Uh, of uh, of the mountain and uh, just you know to reminisce for a moment because I think yeah
0: we go we, back we, a long way we
1: go back a long way and we share uh, a joint affection so uh, G one well
2: done
0: thank you thank you very much
2: and so that was another episode of the doc and the guru please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook like us follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and then from my side you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn Dr. Doug Matez. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show Thanks Doc and it's uh, Gordon Miller the Guru signing off thank you for being with us
1: and listening into this podcast today you can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle at Media And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media,
0: incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.